I tried to knock myself out with melatonin and ended up becoming a zombie. Since I was in high school, I can barely sleep by myself without being cursed with nightmares, waking up at least two to three times a night and being a light sleeper, especially if I'm hungry. So naturally, I take melatonin gummies before bed to help me get to sleep. Now, I'm in a college dorm where I have to share a bedroom with a roommate. He's a great guy, super friendly, helpful, and funny, during the day that is. At night, he's the bane of my existence. This is because there are some nights his snoring is so obnoxious, I can only compare it by being within inches of a diesel generator. Oh, and there's no possibility of waking him from that state. Last night was the fourth night in a row where I hadn't gotten a quality night's sleep. I had just gotten back to sleep, for I think what was the second time. My memory isn't very clear at three in the morning, after all. When whatever power grid my roommate is plugged into needed a full load of power, not even my noise-canceling earbuds could stop this one. At this point, I've been tired for four days, so I'm not thinking clearly. Did I go get a snack to make sure I wasn't hungry and wait out the storm? No, I'd already eaten dinner, and even though it was small, I don't want to make myself fat over this. Again, 3 a.m. logic is not my strong suit. My roommate's nose continues to taunt me, screaming how wonderful his sleep is, for all the world to hear. At this point, I'm desperate for a definitive way to knock myself out as soon as possible. I'd already taken my melatonin gummies for all the good that it was doing, but desperate times call for desperate measures. With an exhausted and angry mind to work with, I made the decision to take two more doses of melatonin gummies, thinking that if I combine that with some backup for my earbuds, I would surely pass out for however long I needed to, and because it's the weekend, I don't care when I wake up. Turns out melatonin does not work like that. Instead of knocking me out, I spent the next several hours not asleep, but in some state of still conscious but half asleep, which was something at least. But it really does not make you feel rested when you wake up. Eventually, I did get a couple hours of actual sleep, but my terrible decision finally caught up with me. I hadn't had nearly enough time to sleep off that much melatonin, and as soon as the sun comes through the blinds, I wake up again, this time in a groggy haze, giving me new empathy for how zombies must feel. I try to get more sleep, but to little success, so I drag myself up from my fleece grave to walk around a bit. It wakes me up enough to be considered alive, but I am still super drowsy. In fact, writing this story has helped me wake up, and hopefully the melatonin will wear off later today. But for now, I'm not getting as much work done as I had hoped. Oh, I have definitely been here. Melatonin does not give you a good night's sleep if you do it wrong. It just doesn't quite knock you out like you would think it would. There are some allergy medications like Benadryl that when I would take them as a kid if I was having allergy problems, they would knock me out so fast. But that is not melatonin. It assists with you getting some sleep, but it doesn't take you down. So I understand what this guy was going through with waking up the next day and feeling like a zombie because I've been there many, many times. It's very easy to lose a lot of sleep from melatonin. But when it works, it's great. But when it doesn't work, oh boy, you're in trouble. We've all had that roommate where they are just an absolutely obnoxious sleeper where they snore so loud and it's impossible to sleep. You can try earplugs. You can try noise canceling machines. You can try waking them up and then going back to sleep quickly, pretending like you didn't just throw a shoe at them at two in the morning. But at the end of the day, it's honestly up to you to try and find a solution. So Godspeed to this man, because I don't know if they're ever going to find a solution to this. And I can tell you that their school experience is going to be very long with very little sleep. I ran through a wildlife corridor and was tracked by a pack of wolves. I've been training to run a marathon and one of my biggest challenges is finding fun places to run. I prefer running to be a bit of an adventure 
adventure so that I can focus on the journey and think less about the actual running. I live at the edge of my city in Canada and decided that it would be nice to run near the river that is close by. After a 5 a.m. wake up, I had a big glass of water, then set out hoping to run about 20 kilometers. It is winter here, so the sun currently rises at 8 o'clock in the morning. Till then, it's completely pitch black. I was running along a road, but it had next to no vehicle traffic. About 5 kilometers in, I started to feel pretty vulnerable. I considered turning back, but wanted to get my kilometers in. There's a coffee shop on the other side of the river that I decided to make my midpoint. I'd have a coffee, then run back. As I started to approach the river valley, I thought I noticed something on the hill to the north. Assuming it was a deer, I continued on. At this point, a truck drove past, and I figured it scared off the animal since I couldn't see it anymore. A few minutes later, I noticed two wolves to the north once again. I was starting to panic. I was close to crossing the bridge, which on the other side would have more humans, vehicles, businesses, etc. So I picked up the pace, trying to get there fast. The wolves ran away as another truck was approaching. I thought about stopping the driver to ask for a ride, thinking that I was likely being paranoid, and the bridge was close, and I didn't want to look silly. I decided against asking for a ride. To be honest, I don't know if I would let a guy like me into my vehicle. I'm six foot five, weigh 210 pounds, and I'm wearing full winter gear with only my eyes showing. Yeah, that's a no-go. After that truck drove by, I noticed the wolves almost immediately after. I took to the south and noticed three more on the other side of the road. At this point, I figured I was in for a fight. I remembered reading to go hard after the smallest wolf. If you can hurt them, the rest will most likely run away. That became my plan as I tried to spot the runt of the litter. The pack was trotting along both sides of the road with me for about three minutes, which felt like three hours. Before I knew it, I made it to the bridge. The barriers on each side of the bridge marked the end of the road for the wolves because there was a dead end for them. My heart was racing. I continued to cross the bridge to the coffee shop. I ordered a coffee and then called an Uber. At the end of it, I made pretty good time. Yeah, I would say you probably made pretty good time. You had a wolf pack tracking you down. Imagine yourself getting up trying to get exercise early in the morning on a winter's day and instead of having, I don't know, a normal experience, you have a pack of wolves tracking you down. I would be furiously scared, slapping myself in the head for even thinking of not going to a gym. I mean, I could be doing this on a treadmill. Why did I decide to get up and suddenly start running through Game of Thrones? I don't need this. Overall, this guy's super lucky he didn't become breakfast for this pack of wolves. My girlfriend got accepted into law school, but I don't want her to go. My girlfriend and I started dating our first year of college. When I asked her to be my girlfriend before, she made it clear and told me that her priority and ultimate goal after college is to go to Harvard Law. She made it very clear to me, before we made it official, that if she gets accepted to Harvard Law, that she would choose that over me. At the time, I agreed and said I'd support her no matter what. Now that we're graduating this May, she's going to Boston, and I'm going to stay in California since I'm happy with a bachelor's and don't plan to continue into higher education. I feel like garbage because I don't want her to go to Boston, because I don't want to be physically separated from her. Some of my friends tell me that she's being selfish for not considering what I think, but I think she's not selfish, since she made it very clear to me before we started dating that once she gets into Harvard Law, she'll go to Harvard since that's her priority. And I was okay with this before we started dating, but it's only sinking in now that it's finally happening. What do I do? This is a tricky one for the guy. He willingly went into a relationship with a girl that he knew was going to choose Harvard Law over him. And I don't blame her. It's Harvard Law. This is going to open so many doors for her. And she got in, so she's probably super smart. What does this guy have to offer besides just being the boyfriend? I mean, really, I can understand him not wanting her to go to school and to be away from her 
literally across the United States. But at the same time, I mean, did he not already know that this is what was going to happen? And sure, they can try and make it work as some kind of long distance relationship. But my prediction is, is that this relationship will not last. And it's unfortunate because it sounds like the guy really likes her. And I'm assuming the girl likes him as well, but clearly not enough to stick around because she is going to school. If anything, this guy should definitely try and stay in contact and try and keep this relationship going. He has a girlfriend that's super driven and knows exactly what she wants. She's on the verge of getting a career that's going to make her a ton of money. He should be proud that this is his girlfriend. He should be thanking his lucky stars that this is who he's dating. If anything, this guy should move out to Boston just to be closer to her. I can understand wanting to stop at a bachelor's degree and not wanting to pursue higher education, but this is at the cost of you basically losing your girlfriend. This is going to be a tough relationship to keep in contact with because literally she's not going to be around him and there's probably going to be other guys there that are around that will probably be more than happy to step in in absence of her boyfriend in California. Tricky situation. In my opinion, if this guy really wants the best for his girlfriend, he should accept that she is going to Harvard Law and that he absolutely should not stand in the way. Am I the jerk for wanting to break up with my girlfriend after she destroyed my expensive electronics? I had a long day of drinking with some friends and my girlfriend. We ended up calling it a night due to the fact that my girlfriend had a bit too many. We ended up putting her to bed and I decided to go back out with my friend. My phone ended up dying and during that time, my girlfriend woke up confused and enraged that she didn't know where she was at. I arrived home to find my laptop shattered, my Nintendo Switch broken, and my Bluetooth speaker in pieces. Fast forward to this morning. She was extremely sorry and offered to pay for everything. She claims she didn't remember breaking anything and doesn't know why she did it. At this point, though, I'm torn about our relationship. She promises to work on her anger. I, of course, had an in-depth conversation with her about how this is not okay. But at this point, should we just end the relationship or try to work through it? We just got an apartment together, which of course adds layers of difficulty and inconveniences if we do end it. This is a tricky situation. The guy in this story is going to be living in an apartment with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend can black out if she's had a few too many and start breaking things in anger. That's not a good sign. I don't know personally if I would want to live with that. There would always be this underlying fear that if she has just a few too many, she could start swinging. And what starts with a Nintendo Switch and a laptop getting shattered soon becomes black eye and broken orbitals. I don't blame this guy for thinking that he should just break up with this girl, especially after just losing a thousand plus dollars on electronic property that yes, it could be replaced, but at the same time, it shouldn't have been broken in the first place. From the sounds of it, it doesn't look like this is something the guy ever expected would happen. And while the girlfriend is apologetic, I think maybe it's time to reevaluate if they really should be living together. I have broccoli related trauma and ended up vomiting on my therapist because of it. This post is going to require some background as you could imagine. So when I was born, my mother was a very young mother. She was 15 years old. She wasn't ready for a baby. And I'm told this is why she gave me to her grandmother. Her grandmother really liked broccoli. I'm talking she had broccoli themed decor. There were black and white pictures of broccoli hanging on her walls. She had broccoli plushies and she incorporated it into every meal we ate. I think she said once it was her dead husband's favorite food or something like that. Growing up, I always assumed that this was normal, but once I attended school, my classmates would always question and sometimes mock my t-shirts, which all featured cartoons of broccoli. I quickly grew to resent the vegetable. I stopped eating it at dinner. My great-grandmother and I would have fights about it. She always insisted I clear my plate of broccoli, so I had to start sneaking it into the trash. What's worse? 
worse was her desserts were always those weird, borderline, horrifying jello molds you would always see in the 50s. And every single one had a broccoli in it. Anyway, fast forward to now. I haven't eaten broccoli since I was a kid. I've been seeing a therapist for unrelated reasons, and I casually mentioned this to her. She asked for more details, and I realize I'm surprisingly sensitive about the subject. She suggested I try eating a small portion of broccoli as a way to challenge and overcome these negative emotions. I wasn't comfortable doing that alone, so we agreed that I'd bring some in for our next session. Fast forward to yesterday. Yesterday, I arrived for our session with some broccoli and reluctantly tried a bite. As soon as I tasted it, all I could remember was my grandma's weird obsession with it and all the discomfort and embarrassment it brought me. I vomited all over myself, my therapist, and her office. She was nice about it, but I could tell she was highly uncomfortable. She said I might not be ready to confront my broccoli issue, and I think I might need to find a new therapist. I don't know whether to laugh at this story or just to feel a little bit bad. This person clearly has some trauma related with the vegetable broccoli, but it's so absurd that I can't help but think this is probably the weirdest thing this therapist has probably ever run into, let alone tried to resolve. I mean, I don't think she imagined that her client would come in and throw up all over the place, especially on her. I mean, how close was she when they were doing this? I would have definitely gotten the details and said, hey, are you going to throw up when you eat this? What kind of trauma are we talking about? I understand being sensitive about the subject, but it would be nice to know if they're going to vomit all over the place. But I think that's also the mark of a good therapist, because if I was in her situation, I 100% would bust out laughing. I'm sure this is serious to the OP, but at least they have some kind of humor revolving around it. I slept for 12 hours straight. The police showed up at my door to make sure I was still alive. Last night, I went to sleep around midnight. I forgot I had planned to go to the gym and didn't set any alarms because it's Saturday. My boyfriend wakes up on time and goes to the gym without me. And after I still haven't responded to his texts or calls, he texts my parents to ask if they'd heard from me. My parents checked my socials, saw that I hadn't been active for 12 hours, and began to panic. My roommates were gone for the weekend, and they had no way to contact me. In a panic, my dad calls the police to do a wellness check on me. I wake up from a dead sleep to banging on my bedroom door, opening it face to face with the police. In retrospect, it's funny, but at the time, it was so horrifying for everyone involved. So yeah, that's the last time I'm sleeping in too long. 12 hours is not that long of a time for someone to suspect that you might be in danger. In fact, I think it's really strange that the dad in this situation decided to just call the police after not hearing from their son. I mean, that's weird. Why not stop by and go check in on them yourself? You don't have to call the police. I've gone a single day without talking to my family and it's fine. I'm still alive and kicking. The parents in this story just need to chill out. The guy's just trying to sleep in on a Saturday. I mean, come on. It's not that big of a deal. And yeah, in retrospect, it is hilarious. But I can understand that everybody was worried. But it seems a little out of check. Seems like the people in his life just need to take a chill pill and calm down. There is a silver lining, though. There are clearly a lot of people that care about this guy. He couldn't go 12 hours without contacting someone or saying something on social media without a bunch of people freaking out. So yeah, he's got good family members and friends around him, even if they all kind of jump to the same crazy conclusion. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel for more content. Turn on notifications so you never miss a video.